What is up? Welcome back to the Pack Center Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything Nevada Athletics, episode 152. I am your host, Matt Hannafin. I am here with my co-host, Isaiah Bros. Isaiah, welcome back to this welcome back to the studio, man. It's good to be back. I love it. It's great to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself early on? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Uh had a little mishap getting into the studio today. Um not going to go into detail about that. Dude, that was a, a mental mistake. <laughs> that was a very bad mental mistake. Um, but we're not going to get into that. Today, uh, this will be our football preview. We don't have, we have about 45 minutes, or at least I have about 45 minutes. But today we'll be getting into our football preview, um, Nevada Wolfpack football team. They're back. They're back. Going 7-2 and two last year. Um, it was an awesome uh, season for them. Rather... Would you say that was an unexpected season? A little yeah, bit? in the optimistic fashion. I would I mean, say it's, it's quite a surprising season. You with know? COVID, we didn't really like know how it would spin and turn and um, do all that. But uh, they did go 7-2 and two last year. They returned um, nearly every start. I think they returned 10 on the offensive end and then potentially 10 on the defensive end. And so majority of their team's back. Um, of course, Julian Diaz is back. Brandon Talton's back on the special teams. I mean, this team is loaded. They play this Saturday night against Cal, uh, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, it's on the road, uh, which was a little bit different than what we saw last year. I mean, we were, technically we were on the road about half the season last year, but we had, th- what, three games in Vegas last year? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just having those types of games really played – to our advantage in a lot of aspects, didn't it? It's oh, yeah. Be, it's going to oh, be yeah. much different this year. I mean, the travel, though, is like cut in half between here in Cal and then here in Vegas. Um, it also helps that Nevada is once again going to the Bay Area, getting away from the smoke, um, which, I mean, I talked about a little bit on the last one by myself, but they traveled to Stanford twice over the last couple of weeks. They're in Fernley this week. Um, so... They're getting away from the smoke. I mean, it's getting bad again. Um, also, thoughts and prayers go out to the people and the residents and the listeners who live in Lake Tahoe, um, specifically in South Lake Tahoe. I have a friend of mine who lives in Lake Tahoe. Um, I've been texting him about everything that's going on. Thankfully, he's more in North Lake Tahoe, um, but he's still having to prepare just in case they have to evacuate. But thoughts and prayers, man, That's it's tough. I mean, I, mean, I know... A few other people from Tahoe too. I haven't been able to get in contact with them lately, but um, they—it's—it's it's just still a very tough um, and emotional situation. Because I mean, Lake Tahoe is one of the, like just a great area, and it's sad to see um, what's going on right now with all the smoke and the Calder fire. And hopefully, all of that gets situated. I don't—I'm not sure how it will or when it will, but hopefully, it does soon. Um, for everyone that is involved. Yeah, I mean, echoing what you just said, wildfires are no joke. And it's just no. thoughts and prayers are out with everyone. It's serious safety, serious, serious stuff going on, and it's really a shame to see in so so many ways, but all we can do is just keep our head up and hope for the best. Absolutely, absolutely. But Nevada's been able to get away from the smoke. Um, they're getting reps in. It's still... I, Norvell did say that, especially when they were in Stanford, it's some of the best that he's seen over the offseason. If you take that at face value, that's great news. <laughs> like, I don't think yeah. that, because I mean, practicing in the convention center, the Reno Sparks Convention Center, 
or practicing in this hazardous smoke. I mean, it's just not not it's ideal. It's not the same quality. It's not. It's not at all. And so, and Norvell, wow, big voice crack there. Norvell <laughs> has been. He's he's that blue collar, all about the work. Um, get as much reps in as possible type type of coach and just type of guy. And that's that's just how Nevada has been and how Nevada um, is. And so the, the fact that they're getting their reps in, and I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but Strong is coming off the uh, the knee surgery. And so he's only been able to practice the last couple of weeks. I mean, when fall camp opened up, uh, Elijah Cooks, who had the season-ending shoulder surgery last year, began playing. And so we have a couple of guys coming off of injuries, and it's of, of, it's of the utmost importance that Nevada's been able to get these reps in and prepare for a Power 5 team, which they didn't face last year. They haven't faced in nearly two years. Um, and Cal's not a bad team, and of course we'll get into all that in a little bit, but it's very good that they're getting these reps in. Um, hopefully they're hopefully they get as much in as they can. And so they're I mean, I'm sure they're gonna be prepared for Cal um this upcoming weekend. But before we get into all of that discussion, I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent there. We have some uh fall sports to recap. Um Women's volleyball played over the weekend in the Idaho tournament. They did not do well. They lost all three games to Portland, 3-1, to Grand Canyon, 3-0, and then, of course, they lost to Idaho, 3-1 to in the final game. So they only picked up, what, two out of among the nine sets that they played? Yeah, not ideal in any ways, and slow start to the season, but, you know, early on, especially in the fall sports season, that... They can try to turn it around in some aspect, but in a lot of ways, it's kind of been, these past couple of years have been really tough for Nevada volleyball, trying to find some sort of optimism throughout the course of the season. So taking anything away from that is somewhat of a, a light note. And they'll be back on the road this weekend for the UC Davis tournament. They play UC Davis, Santa Clara, and San Francisco. But we did have some good news over the weekend with uh, women's soccer. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, picked up their first win of the weekend, matched their season total in a 2-1 to win versus UTEP. And one of the biggest things you can take away from that is the play of true freshman Trinity Sandridge to this point. It's on to two goals over the year on the course of the season. Scored the eventual game-winning goal over UTEP with just over 25 minutes left. It was like in the 75th minute. Um, and then just came behind and unfortunately in a 3-2 loss to New Mexico State on Sunday, dropping us to 1-2 and two on the year. One of the bright spots was Sandridge once again, who scored her second goal of the season. So getting that type of young talent infused to the program is always nice to have, and she's having quite the start to the season. Hannah Souza's doing well, is pretty darn well, as all can be, getting her teammates involved and everything like that. And Kendall Stovall is, you know, doing her part as well, serving as a goalkeeper behind the dish. Yeah, yeah. They picked up, they had 10 matches last year. They went 1-7-2. Uh, and two. Correct me if I'm wrong there. They scored two goals just, by the way, two, three times last year? They already scored two goals uh, twice this weekend. So, hey, progress. Uh, definitely, no. no like, like, don't look at the record right now at face value because there's so much kind of like context that needs to be said regarding what happened last year during a COVID-shortened campaign of all things. And now we're really starting to see the team pick up, especially its play offensively. And that's a big thing early on, trying to get that groove and mojo going on. And, you know, you're seeing it unfold in a big way. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have anything else to add for either of those two? No, most definitely. I, I would just say just keep an eye out for Nevada Volleyball to really try to step it up. I really think that there's a couple things going on with the program um, just from a performance standpoint that I know haven't been ideal by any means, but optimism is key. And I think there's a bright future ahead, especially towards how they played towards the tail end of last season, a little bit more improved. I think that can carry over during the early stretch of 2021. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. We are going to take a short break and then we'll hammer everything Nevada football. And we are back. Isaiah, again, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go to you on this. You're going to, you're going to, kick it off here just give me any thoughts um whether it's the schedule the roster um, this upcoming week against cal anything schematically that you're looking out for um your favorite play i'm just kidding (laughs) my favorite color while i'm at it yeah Uh, um but anything you're looking out for this season with the nevada wolfpack football team that is projected to be or the conference did projected to be the winner of the West Division, um, thus them advancing them to the Mountain West title game. It, what is so? There's already high expectations with this team, but give me your immediate thoughts. Just anything. Yeah, I mean anything the first, off the top. The first thing that comes off to mind that I know we've talked about a little bit is just the road performance. How well is this team going to fare on the road? Because as we mentioned, you know, previously it's. A lot of our quote-unquote road games were still in the state of Nevada, and that served as someone as somewhat of a advantage for us in a huge way. So now, when you're starting to see games like at Cal to start the year, at Kansas State, at and then you get into conference play at Boise State, uh, at San Diego State, at Fresno State, those are huge key conference matchups that are being played on the road. And just seeing how you perform early on throughout non-conference play, heading into those types of key situations. Uh, I think that can really be a test to tell for what Nevada has to hold for its 2021 season because you get the ball rolling early. I really think this team can be unstoppable, but if you experience some stumbles along the way, it may be tough to kind of regroup as a whole and really live up to the heightened expectations we have this year. Let's look at the road games last year, just for perspective. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start this by only including the road games that we played in the state, and then I'll go out of state. So in-state, first road game of the season, second game of the season, you take the Fremont Cannon away from UNLV, 37-19. Um, I think that was the – was that the first ever game in Allegiant Stadium? I think it was, yeah. I think it was. I'm almost certain it was. Yeah. And then you go on the road to play. You, well, you, you go and play again in Las Vegas, this time at Sam Boyd Stadium against New Mexico, win 27-20. And then – you go then you then you go play San Jose State on the road. You lose that one thirty to twenty. Remember Nevada was up twenty to seven at half. Um and then everything torpedoed in that third quarter. And those were the only three games that they played in the state on the road. And then you go then you look at their actual road schedule. They went to Hawaii played barely lost 24 20 um their first loss of the season and that was when like hawaii was playing that like prevent defense like 
strong, really couldn't throw down the field. Nevada Tawa had heck a game, <laughs> a heck of a game on the ground, but it wasn't this same explosive offense that we saw in those first five games. And then, of course, in the bowl game, Nevada beat Tulane 38-27. It was really just closer or than it was supposed to be. Nevada handled that game pretty easily, especially with, like, I think they had, a, like, I think it was a lot of high wins that game. Like, they had pretty big gusts. Um, but, yeah, those were, the, those were the five road games that Nevada played last season. So they fared pretty well. Um, I do agree with you that this that's the number one thing that I'm – well, not the number one thing, but that's one of the top things I'm looking at for is just how will they play on the road. Because, I mean, they open up against – they open up on the road against two Power 5 teams just right off the bat, two of the first three games of the season. Um, and remember, crowds are coming back. So there's going to be road atmospheres. I mean, that necessarily wasn't the case last year. But also the fact that these are in bigger, like, programs. Like, these are, like – Berkeley, that's a, I don't want to, how am I going to phrase this? They have a good fan base. Let me just say, they have a good fan base. Kansas State, good fan base. And so those are going to be tough road environments to play in, especially if you're Cal. I mean, it's on a Saturday night, uh, the first game of the season. Like, that place is going to be packed, whether it be, like, what, 80% Cal fans, whatever. It's going to be packed. And so it's going to be a tough road environment for Nevada to play in. Those, those are two off the top. And then fifth game of the season, or excuse me, fourth game of the season, they go to Boise State on the road. That's never easy, regardless of fans or not. None of those three, none of those three for a Mountain West program is really that easy. So it's like, that's, that's going to be tough, man. Three of your first four games on the road against good teams. Oh, no, I'm with you. I think that's one of the things that you highlighted, too, is the road atmosphere, something we definitely didn't get last year. And just seeing how this team adjusts in that aspect is something I think we are both going to be keeping an eye on early on and just seeing how that translates over the course of the year. And, you know, the other thing I think we'll be touching on is just I think looking into this year, I am confident, way more confident than I was last year. (laughs) We don't have to bring that up. Yeah. But – just looking at the amount of talent and the amount of returners on both sides of the ball, on all three phases of the ball, I should say, I mean, it's hard not to get excited at, oh, at some absolutely. point. Just seeing how well this team performed last year and just seeing how loaded this team is on paper this year, knowing the cohesiveness and the chemistry we have, I mean, this could we could really make some noise. There is a good chance, you know, we're, we were picked preseason favorites to win the division for a good reason. Mm-hmm. And, absolutely. You know, there's certainly a good chance we arrive in the Mountain West Championship once again. So, It also helps that Boise State's game is coming off a bye, so I mean, Nevada will have that extra week of rest um, and to prepare for a tough Boise State team with Bachmeyer. Um, so it's going to be... It's, it's, it's easier from that aspect, but still three of the first four games on the road. But like, I, another kind of contrarian point to what I just said and to what you and I both just said... Um, the side that I'm more on is that there's that doesn't mean Nevada can't win these games. They're more than capable of winning multiple, if not all three of those games. So they could easily, I'm not going to say easily, but they can come out of that pack three and one. That wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, who that loss would come to, I'm not sure. But it, I think it's definitely, I don't want to say feasible. I think more feasible is like two and two, but they could definitely come out of that four game stretch three and one 
Um, and as you illuminated to before, that could really get them rolling and um, be the beginning of what is a very successful and probably the most successful season since 2010. Yeah, I think this is the most highly anticipated season in quite some time. Absolutely, yes, absolutely since 2010. And for good reason. You know, this, like we keep talking about, I mean, this team has legit talent. We've seen it unfold. We've seen it come together. We just, now we may need to see it all kind of translate over the course of a 12-game regular season and with serious postseason aspirations for that matter as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I want to throw something else at you. I talked about this a little bit with you off air. Is it crazy for me to not love this schedule? Like, aside from the first four games or the first three games because they're three non-conference games, is it crazy for me to to not particularly love it? No, it's not at all. I mean, look at the road matchups. They're on the the road against San Diego State. They're on the road against Fresno State. State. They're on the road against Boise State. Well, I mean, we already talked about that, but coming off a bye, it's better news, but it's not still not great. <laughs> and then they're at home against San Jose State, and they're also uh, at home against Air Force. Air Force is like a sneaky, good team. Air Force, I think they had one returning starter last year from their 2019 team. Um, they got most of those guys back this year, including Jaden Jackson, who's a very good defensive lineman. So, I mean, they have a they have a good team and especially a good defense and with the triple option. Um, Nevada did pretty – I'd say they fared pretty well against that when they f- played them two years ago, but it's still – you trick tri- the triple option is tricky, and I don't know how uh, Brian Ward's going to tackle that, but we'll, we'll hammer that when, the, when it comes um, later in the season. But they still have some pretty tough road games along with facing the reigning Mountain West champion at home. And that's – see, that's the thing you – hit the nail on the head right there is just because I think with this schedule it's not a lot of room for hiccups in many ways than one whether that be non-conference getting into the early portion of your conference schedule because I mean the conference is talented in so many aspects and going up against a San Jose State even at home that's not gonna be an easy matchup whatsoever then you follow that up with a road matchup at San Diego State that's kind of a brutal huge two-game stretch right there in itself like and then you have air force right after that yeah i'm not gonna I'm, say air yeah. force is brutal but, but again, that's tough. A, like that you go two and oh potentially san jose state san diego state and then you can't just let your foot off the gas against air force like you said with the amount of returning talent they have on the defensive side of the ball you never know what can really happen look at this four game stretch at fresno state october 23rd at home against unlv october 29th and then those three games san jose state san diego state and air force with San Diego State coming on the road. That's, yeah. that's a tough five-game stretch. I mean, not UNLV. <laughs> not yeah. UNLV. Yeah. They're, they might not win a game. I don't know. That's speculation. They're, they're just not that good of a team, but I hope that's not. They've played Nevada tough two of the last three years. They beat us at home in the infamous end-of-the-game battle. Uh, what was it? I think wasn't that an overtime game two years ago? Yeah. At home? Yeah, two years ago. So it's like they played us tough uh, two of the last three years, not last year, obviously, with Nevada's kind of revamped offense. But it's still not a game that you should look over just because it is a rivalry game. It is an interstate game. Like, they're playing for the cannon. That's If UNLV can take anything away from this season, it literally is the cannon. <laughs> so, like, they, like they, that, I, I don't want to say that's a trap game, but... Kind of is a trap game. I mean, just considering the in-state rivalry and how both 
and how hard both teams are going to be playing. Yeah, like it's not. It's 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 just some you one one you don't want to miss out on number one, (laughs) and number two, like just one you don't want to sleep on. But like you said, UNLV is really bad. We like seeing. They're not. Yeah, they're not a good team. That's not a. But that's not a hot take. That's absolutely a cold take. The schedule as they a could whole, supr- they they might win a couple of games. I, I think it was mean for me and to say that they might not win one, but they might not win one. I think they, I think they'll get a couple games though. I just don't know. Hopefully, that's not against Nevada. The schedule as a whole, though, like you mentioned, I mean it's it's going to be real battle tested. I think we're going to see what this team is made out made of early. Absolutely, and I think absolutely. that that'll only help as you get towards those later conference schedules and opponents. So, you know, I. But the amount of talent, it's hard not to get. It's hard not to think, you know, nine and three, ten and two, and take this division by a stranglehold. But you know, it's a lot can unfold, and a lot of conference opponents and a lot of road games that, you know, just mark your calendars, people. It's going to be a big season this year, and for us to really appear in a Mountain West championship game this year, those types of victories need to happen early and often. Aside from those things that we already talked about, what are some storylines you're looking at? Or is there any potential storylines that like are forming in your head that you want to? Yeah, I mean, talk most about? definitely. I think Nevada's defense answered a ton of questions last year. I know that was one of the biggest things heading into twenty twenty was just how well is that defense going to play and can the offense keep up? You know, pretend, I'm sorry. How well is uh, kind of like vice versa right there? Can the defense really <laughs> keep up with a bunch of shootouts? In a lot of ways, that was not the case whatsoever. Defense held its own and. With so many new, uh, so many new players returning. I'm sorry, I'm so many players. other players returning. Yeah, so with many a couple new faces, players. it can only get more exciting. So I really think that's one of the key things I want to look on because I think at this point, I'm not trying to say the offense is what it is, but we know what the offense not only can be, but we know what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've seen the true potential of what this defense can possibly be with the amount of talent on that side of the ball right now. I agree because they didn't create a lot of havoc plays like they didn't generate many turnovers they only had five interceptions last year they didn't force very many fumbles um they didn't generate a lot of sacks um peterson don peterson did battle the midseason ankle injury so i mean that of course limited his uh full production sam hammond had a good year at the defensive end but as a as a whole nevada didn't generate a lot of sacks they didn't generate a lot of tackles for loss i mean nevada did get uh, a bunch of sacks in the bowl game in the second half, but up to that point, I think they only had like four or five on the year in the in those regular season contests. They just they exploded without Peterson and Hammond in the bowl game. Um, but they didn't they didn't do the things that you would typically think a great defense does, and that's just a testament to how good like their secondary was last year compared to how it was in 2019. How good uh, Lawson Hall was. I'm in the middle with uh, Lamine Ture and Diane Henley, um, our three linebackers with really filling two spots because, I mean, Nevada plays a 4-2-5 scheme. Um, just a testament to those guys and how they did pretty much the back six, how they did um, across the middle. And then it also helps when Nevada's offense is so explosive to where you're getting two, three possession leads and you're, you, you're able to unload as a defense. Again, Nevada didn't always get those sacks, but they put pressure um, on the opposing quarterback. But you, you, in a, generally, you would want them to see them get home, and they didn't. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think there's so many more plays that can be made on that side of the ball. And, you know, just putting the ball back in the hands of the offense in any sort of way can be a huge, huge thing. So that's one of the storylines I'm looking for immediately early on is just the play of the defense as a whole. Because like you said, I think like we've both agreed upon is what's the ceiling? Mm -hmm. It can truly translate into something to keep an eye on. You have an early storyline or anything like that? Just to add on to that, with how good this defense is, they only have to be average to above average for this team to be an elite Mountain West team. I just want to make that clear. Agreed. Oh yeah. See, that's I think. So I mean, I think our offense speaks for itself. I don't right. know if we have to go in total detail <laughs> right. because uh, it was nice. <laughs> it's, right. It's, our <laughs> right. offense is quite right. This quite offense potent. was incredible. Also, I've talked about with this you off air. Or I, that didn't make any sense. I talked about this with you off air. Can we please close the notion about Nevada not being a good running team? Can we just officially put that to bed? Or at least last year? Because, I mean, I've seen it more than I would have liked to. Um, that Nevada, just because they didn't lead the conference in rushing, um, I think they finished in the bottom half in uh, rushing yards a game, that they were a bad running team. I don't think that's true. Um, the numbers are probably a little bit skewed because of the sack numbers, uh, which, I mean, there were times where Strong would get sacked and he would be several yards behind the line of scrimmage, just like how a normal sack is. Uh, but anyways... Toa Tawa averaged six yards a carry last year, or over five, or what was it? Five? Over, yeah, well over five. I think it was 5.7. I can look that up right now. Yeah. Devontae Lee averaged a similar number. Those two guys are workhorses in the backfield, and because of Strong's downfield dominance and how he was able to spread the ball around, especially just, just how potent Nevada was and how explosive they were, allowed... Lee and Tao to be as successful as they were along with good consistent line play and the run blocking because I mean Nevada was a good run blocking team last year at least I thought they were just by the eye test but let's shut down the notion that they were a bad running team and that they just didn't run a lot I think they ran just over 40% of the time last year which is like I finished I want to say bottom 15 or bottom 20 in the nation it was somewhere like in that range and so it's like they didn't run the ball a lot anyways, but when they did, they were productive because of their explosive offense. Yeah. I mean, Toa Tower, 5.9 yards 5.9. That's the number in my head. I was second-guessing myself. How about Toa Tower? Five, how about Devontae Lee with 5.2 yards per carry as well? And that just speaks volumes. Like you said, like this team has the ability to run the ball and run the ball effectively. And Norvell has said that he wants it to be balanced. I don't know how balanced, but I... My guess is he wants it to be balanced for a air raid attack because air raid attacks, like if you look, if you watch like Mississippi State or where Mike you, where Mike Leach used to be, Washington State or even Texas Tech, they don't run the ball. They just don't. That's just not a thing that they have or they that they want to do. Nevada runs the football for an air raid offense. It might not be a 50-50 split, but they're going to run the ball. I mean, I think it was... I want to say my memory recalls correctly, it was like 45% in that range uh, in 2018 and 2019. So they they cut it down a little bit last year, but I think for the better because of Carson Strong, obviously. Yeah, definitely. I mean, having that type of balanced attack on both sides only makes 
Carson Strong better, only makes the run game better. No, it's, yeah, it's time to get rid of that notion. Like you said, it's Nevada can run the ball. Unless I mean, if it like, happens this year, I'm, let's just put that to bed. We're going off of, based off of what la- what we saw last yeah. year. Against three good defenses, or at least California, team that we're playing this week is a good defense. Boise State has one of the best defenses in the conference. Nevada can't run the ball then. All right, fine, bring it up, whatever. But let's not do that now. Well, no. Let's not do that in the offseason, which I just don't think it's true. I just don't. I think we're going to see it really translate once again this year. So I'm totally with you there. Storyline I'm looking out for. We only got 15 minutes left. Um, Storyline. Um, This is going to be... This is not something that I'm super worried about. But it's something to like raise an eyebrow. Carson Strunk's coming off an offseason knee surgery. How... Will he take a step back in terms of like throwing for 300 yards a game, 250 yards a game, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, not very many turnovers? Like how how do you think that affects his offseason points? More is not a really concern. I'm just I'm curious to see how it will play out on Saturday. I'm not super worried about it. I'm more in like the 80%. I'm confident. Let's go, Carson. Um, he's going to have a great season. Um, he's getting all this pre-draft hype for a reason. But the 20%, like, just the lingering, like, all right, like, what if this is... Because he's only been able to practice the last, what, couple of weeks? Two, three weeks? Mm-hmm. So he hasn't had a lot of practice time. Uh, fall camp has been moved, as we talked about before. So how do you think, just your your thoughts, how do you think that affects this season? I'd have more concern about it if the offense was going through a significant change in its roster protocol, if there was a significant change at the helm. Mm -hmm. But I think the level of continuity and comfort Strong has in this offense heading into his junior year, it puts me more at ease. Mm -hmm. I feel like he could get back up to speed quite quickly, even with two to three weeks of practice, and then throwing you right in the cow on the road week one. Um, In terms of in-game production, it may take – I honestly don't see, like, much leeway or, like, much – of a significant drop off. I really don't. I I just it may take him a little bit of time to kind of find his footing once again and really get acclimated into the offense, but this team runs through Carson Strong. And I think not only does he know that, but he accepts that and embraces that every single time he steps out on that field and I really think in no way shape or form that will this offseason surgery really affect him throughout the course of this season or in the long run. Certainly just something to keep an eye on, as you know, like that. Just, just something to keep an just, eye on, specifically for Cal. Definitely. Uh, because I mean, Cameron Good, yeah, he's a very good edge rusher. Um, one of their, if not their best defensive player. Um, Quani Dang, another good linebacker that they have. So it's like they have a couple guys who it's like, okay, Good especially is an edge rusher, and so he'll he'll burst off the edge. He's not the biggest guy in the world. I think he's only like maybe two hundred pounds, but he's quick. He has a lot of burst. Um, and so I, that's just like, I wonder, I mean, I think Nevada's offensive line can handle it, um, or handle him specifically, but I'm just, I, I just wonder, I'm, I'm curious. I'm intrigued. That's the bit we're in. I'm intrigued to see how, um, Carson performs week one, not necessarily concerned. I'll walk that back. Not necessarily concerned, but I'm more intrigued because I do agree. You, you hit it right on the head. I do agree that. With a lot of offensive turnover, that probably would have been a bigger issue. Now that he has a flurry, a bevy, uh, a copious amount of uh, weapons and targets on the outside, 
that it makes it easier the the concerns are like mitigated they're it's it's an easier um what's what i'm looking for transition not a transition eases the concern a little bit yeah oh no i'm totally with you there i'm totally i like like you said something to keep an eye on but moving forward i don't see it as much of a serious issue at all dude is there any other storylines no no none none that come to my mind I know we have to wrap this up pretty quick, so I know you got class and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, any breakout players? I uh, mean, it's tough because of the roster is so loaded. Yeah. The majority with of the production so returns. Many, with so many returners that we already know about. One thing I will say is we talked about it last year. Elijah Cooks, you know, we really thought that was going to be his time to really establish himself as a dominant offensive presence in the Mountain West Conference as a whole. Like, you will know the name Elijah Cooks. Fortunately, due to a season-ending injury, did not come to fruition. But now, with that vaunted offense, with the presence of a hopefully healthy Elijah Cooks, serious breakout could be in play. I just want to throw that out there. We did not forget what Elijah Cooks can bring. <laughs> right. Field, so. I mean, I guess if you want to consider that a breakout, I don't necessarily hate that. Um, I'm trying to think. What about on defense? Is there anyone on defense? I mean, I'd probably say the same thing, but for Dom. I mean, I mean, Dom played the majority of the season anyways. I think he played six games. But he's two years removed from totaling 15 tackles for loss and nine sacks. And so, I mean, he's still a beast up front. So he should have, I think, they moved him around a little bit, but I still think he should have a strong year. Um, definitely. Yeah, I like that pick on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, also, I don't even want to consider this a breakout because he just transferred here, but Bentley Sanders get acclimated yeah well he'll be a familiar face we'll know his name potentially this year i like it oh yeah um any predictions in terms of the season i mean like a finish? mountain west mountain west or uh nevada. I, I see Nev- <sighs> wait say that once more oh mountain west or nevada i see i see boise state and nevada in the mountain west conference championship game <sighs> i want to say nevada goes 10 and 2 which even uh, I'll stick on the confidence side since I was so wrong last year. Okay, but... wait, hold on. I'm gonna stop you right there. You were you were negative Nancy Isaiah in the yeah. preseason predictions last year. Nevada yeah. went seven and two. Are you gonna jinx the season? I certainly hope not. I, I don't know. Like I mean, I'm I'm, like I'm a big yeah. I'm a big as you know, like I believe in jinxes. I know you shouldn't. But I do anyways. Uh, there's too many times where I just, in my brain, it's like, okay, that worked because of that. Um, it's also like kind of like, I don't want to say an athlete thing, but like when I played sports, so I was believing in jinxes with like, I don't know, like high socks or um, eating the right meal before a game or something like that. Like I, I, I believe in that stuff. I know superstitions are weird and they're not true because you can't affect a game from your home and your couch and your sofa or whatever. But I don't know. I, I I hope you don't jinx the season because I know who to blame if they. I'm just. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> All fingers point to me. I mean, we will get everyone in on this podcast <laughs> and say, Isaiah, what happened? Thanks, bro. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna go ten and two. Gosh, I know that sounds optimistic, but that I, is I think, very optimistic. I think in that division, I think they will ultimately. I think that will help them kind of run away with it, the division title, and then. Um, I couldn't tell you right now between Boise State and Nevada who would win that game just because both teams are pretty loaded on paper yes you'll see week five we will definitely or, see yeah well, i mean it will be nevada's fourth game but yeah. especially week five but i'll go with 10 and 2 with losses to boise state on the road and 
I, I'm hopeful Nevada goes undefeated in non-conference play, so I'll go lost to San Diego State. Even though I predict a San Diego State loss, I swear to gosh, not only during the season as a preview, but our weekly preview against San Diego State, <laughs> and they not only win it, they almost dominate the whole entire game. So Wait, it, okay. Nevada didn't dominate last year. It was pretty close. Remember that? It came down to like right. the last few plays of the game. You're right. But no, I see your point. Was it two years ago on the road in San Diego State um, that they won pretty handily when Toa Tower and Devontae Lee? It was two years. Ago, remember, so. yeah, because that was Nevada's, I think, first road. First road win of the. R- road ranked win. Because, I mean, well, not Nevada was ranked, but San, San Diego, Diego State, State was ranked at the time. We watched that at uh, Ryan's. our old editor, Ryan's house. Ryan's. Yeah. Shout out, Ryan, if you're listening yeah. to the podcast. Hope you're doing well, man. Hope it's going well. And I. I hope you're still in Houston. If you're not still in Houston, I hope you're doing well wherever you're at. But yeah, we watched that at his house. That was a good time. So yeah, that was, yeah, that was a good time. No, I, I like. I'll just go with it right then and there. Ten and two. I'm I, this year. I'm going with the mindset of don't even just first thing that comes to your mind. Say it. It's not always the best approach, but that's yeah, this, that's not a good approach. With Think this, I'm going say. with it. I'm, I overthink way too much stuff when it comes to Nevada football and previews. Ten and two, Mount West Conference Championship. Here we come. Yeah. <laughs> Fanboy. Man, what do I think Nevada's going to go this year? Um, I do have the concern against Cal because I do think they're a good defense. I think Justin Wilcox will have a better second year than he did first year, although I am a little bit worried about Cal's offense. Their offense was not good last year at all. Chase Garbers did not have a good season. Um, They only played four games, which I think they're only – win came against Oregon who was ranked which is like kind of weird but I do think they'll have a better season um, this time around that's certainly going to be a good game Kansas State I think Nevada can win Idaho State Nevada should win New Mexico State Nevada should win so that's what three games already yeah Boise State ooh ooh um, I'll give them a win coming off the bye although I'm not that might change at the time, but we'll see. Versus Hawaii, Nevada lost by 50 points two years ago at home against Hawaii. I'm hoping... Has Norville beaten Hawaii? I don't think so. I think that's the one but... team he hasn't beaten. If I'm, I might be wrong there. But anyways, Hawaii certainly didn't, didn't look good this last weekend against UCLA. Watch that game. Mountain West in Week 0 was just blowout city. Yeah. Uh, whether for better or worse. <laughs> but I'll give him a win there. At Fresno State, that's tricky. I really like Fresno State. I like uh, Jay Kaner, Ronnie Rivers, uh, Jalen Cropper, Carrick Wheatfall. Those are four very good players. They, of course, Kalen DeBoer, very good offensive track record. They could give not just Nevada, but other teams problem in the conference throughout the year. We have to go on the road there. Mm, I don't know if to give him a win or not. I'll come back to that. UNLV win. San Jose State, they return the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year, Cade Hall. Um, Nick Starkle um, should have a – I don't want to say should have, but I think he will have a better season um, despite losing two of his top targets. I'll give Nevada a win there. They were up 20-7 20, 20 at half last year. They should win that. San Diego State a win. Air Force, triple option, tricky. I'll give them a win. <laughs> I'm giving them a lot of wins. I don't know. I just don't know. Um, and then Colorado State, I think, is a win. So that's what? 
I think 10 wins. 10 wins. So, and I didn't decide on Fresno. So I might. You think they're going to go 11 and 1? No, no. I don't think they're going to go 11 and 1 or 10 and 2. I'm, I'm walking myself back a little bit. I'll give them losses to Fresno State, Boise State, and then shockingly enough, I'm going to give them a loss this week against Cal. I don't blame you there. Yeah. Don't doubt this team like I did last year. Lesson learned. I hope I don't jinx it. We're going to be all right. Or I hope you don't jinx it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be okay. I got this. Anything else? No, sir. We got two minutes to go. Anything else? No, sir. Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, Give us a rating. Five-star rating, in fact. I know Isaiah loves it when I say that. So classic. (laughs) I don't know why. Like and subscribe. Uh, Thank you for listening. See you guys next week.